Kings chapter 18. Is this water for me? 2 Kings chapter 18. If you're here and you're saved tonight, I hope you realize you're a walking miracle. Everyone here, we uh, deserve death. We deserve hell. Uh, but thankful for the blood of Christ uh, that washed us. Thankful for salvation. 2 Kings chapter 18. We'll begin in verse number 1. It says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, son of Eli, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father did. He removed the high places and break the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called it Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. For he clave to the Lord, and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him, and he prospered whithersoever he went forth, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. Tonight I'd like to talk to you about how to live a prosperous life. You may be seated. Hezekiah, we read, was the son of a king named Ahaz. You can read about it back in chapter 16. Ahaz was a very wicked king. The Bible says he made his son to pass through the fire. It was common practice in pagan worship uh, to sacrifice your child to the false gods. And by the way, the murder of a baby was wrong then and it's still wrong today. The Bible says that King Ahaz, Hezekiah's father, did not do what was right in God's eyes. Again, this is back in chapter 16, and it says that he walked in the way of the kings of, kings of Israel. Now, at this point in time, Israel was divided up into two kingdoms. Uh, Israel was the northern kingdom, and Judah was the southern kingdom. And you can read about this man, Jehu, probably the best king that uh, the northern tribe of uh, Israel ever had. You can read about him in 2 Kings chapters 9 and 10. Israel, the northern kingdom, had 19 kings, and only one of them you could consider a good king, but maybe it's just because he wasn't as bad as all the others. Towards the end of Jehu's life, the Bible says that he didn't follow the Lord with his whole heart. Perhaps he started well, but didn't finish well. King Ahaz walked in the way of the kings of Israel. Now you might say tonight, Jake, why are you spending any time on King Ahaz? We didn't even read about him. I say that because I, I want to say that King Hezekiah did not let the wickedness of his father bleed over into his reign as king. You know, you can't choose the parents God gave you, but you can choose what kind of parent you are to your children. You know, some of us were blessed to have godly parents. Some weren't blessed to have godly parents, but your, you know, what, whatever you choose in your life is going to be what you make of your life. And even though Ahaz was a wicked king, Hezekiah goes down as one of the greatest kings Judah ever had. Hezekiah came from a wicked home, but didn't let that stop him from following the Lord. How can we live in 2022 a prosperous life? Number one, Hezekiah did what was right in God's eyes. Look down at verse 3. It says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to, according to all that David his father did. The Bible says that Hezekiah did what was right according to all that David did. 
King David is a very high standard to live up to. Hezekiah didn't say that about himself. God said, about, said that about Hezekiah. Not only are we supposed to do good, we're supposed to do good in God's eyes. Don't miss that. It's not enough to do what we think is right. You know, many serial killers would tell you that they did the right thing. We have to live by what God says is right, not just what we think is right. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You know, we live in a society that calls evil good and good evil. As a society, we've lost grip on what's good. Many in our world think it's good to have an abortion. It's good to get drunk. It's good to party. I think it's good to pretend to change genders. I say pretend because you can't change the gender God gave you. You say, how am I supposed to know what God says is good? Well, lucky for us, He gave us His Word. That Bible you hold in your lap, that's how we can know what God says is good. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That tells you what's right. For reproof, that tells you what's not right. For correction, that tells you how to get it right. And for instruction in righteousness, that tells you how to keep it right. God outlines in His Word how we should live. You ever stop to think about how God sees everything that you do? Many times we think that we're getting away with doing evil just because no one sees us do it. But keep in mind, God saw you do it. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 3. We're going to turn a little bit more tonight than we did this morning. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3. The Bible outlines this very clearly. We are to do good in the sight of the Lord, but keep in mind that the Lord sees our actions. We will answer for everything we do in eternity. Proverbs chapter 15, look at verse 3, it says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. I think of the story of Moses when he killed a man. You can go ahead and turn there as well. Exodus chapter 2, one of the dark spots of the life of Moses that God tells us about is when he committed a murder. When he was in Egypt, Exodus chapter 2, we'll read verse 11 and 12. Notice this, it says, And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. Look at verse 12. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Notice the Bible says that Moses looked this way, he looked that way, he didn't see anybody. He got caught doing something he wasn't supposed to do. The mistake Moses made was that he didn't look up. He looked left, right, he didn't look up. He didn't remember that God saw what he was doing. God was watching Moses, and God didn't forget what he did. When no one else is around you and no one sees what you're doing, we are to do good by God's standards. Number two tonight, Hezekiah removed the sin from his life. You can turn back to 2 Kings if you're not there. Hezekiah removed the sin from his life. Look down at verse 4. It says, He removed the high places, he broke the images, and cut down the groves, and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called it Nehushtan. Keep in mind the previous king that Judah had. Again, Ahaz sacrificed to false gods and burnt incense unto them. Hezekiah knew that if he was going to prosper as king, he first needed to remove the sin out of Judah. First, he removed the high place, the Bible tells us. 
When the Bible says a high place, it's speaking about places of worship uh, that they use for false gods. The Bible says he completely removed these, not partially, completely removed them. He broke their images of the false gods. He cut down the groves. In the Bible, when you read about a grove, it was uh, typically a group of trees that they would use to worship their false gods in. Some in that day believed that they shouldn't keep their god, uh, their false gods, confined by walls. And so they would go outside in this grove of trees and, and do their satanic worship there. The Bible says Hezekiah broke the brazen serpent that Moses had made because the children of Israel were burning incense to it. This serpent was made by Moses back in Numbers 20. In that story, God sent uh, fiery serpents because the children of Israel were complaining to Moses once again. And God told Moses, if anyone that was bitten by a snake, all they had to do was look at that serpent of brass and they would live. And later on in John chapter 3, Jesus tells us that this serpent was a symbol of Christ. Turn to Isaiah, keep your finger here in 2 Kings, turn to Isaiah chapter 45, verse 22. God said, just look on that serpent and you'll live. Jesus said he would be lifted up just like that serpent. Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 22. The Bible says, look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. The brazen serpent was made by God's command, but as soon as it started to be worshipped, it was time to get rid of it. You know, money isn't evil, but it is when you place it above the Lord. Your hobby might not be evil until you place it above God. Tonight, what are you placing above God? If something just came to your mind when I said that, the Holy Spirit might be trying to tell you something. Hezekiah completely removed the sin out of his life. Tonight, do you have secret sins. Psalm 119 verse 11 reminds us, Thy word have I hidden mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Are you reading God's word? If you have secret sins, God tells you to repent and to turn from your evil ways. And thirdly tonight, Hezekiah trusted God. Look at verse 5. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. You know, trusting God's not always an easy thing to do. It sounds easy uh, until you have to practice that. According to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, to trust means to have an assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. And many times we trust in ourselves throughout life. God tells us to trust in Him. Psalm chapter 62 and verses 7 and 8, it says, "...in God is my salvation and my glory." The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Listen to this. It says, Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Trust in Him at all times. I've heard it said that anyone can trust that a parachute will help them if they jump out of a plane, but one doesn't truly trust in the parachute until they put it on. Are you truly always trusting in God? Isaiah chapter 26, verse 4 says, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. It's easy to trust in God when your life is going smoothly. But once you start facing storms in life, you'll be tested. Every day that you live, you are trusting in something or someone. Let it be God today whom you trust. Verse 5 tells us that there was no king like Hezekiah before him nor after him. Clearly, God's hand was on King Hezekiah. Fourthly tonight, 
Hezekiah in verse 6, Hezekiah clave to the Lord. Verse 6 says, For he clave to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. That word cleave here means to adhere strongly to, or to become strongly involved with or emotionally attached to. I think of Jacob when he wrestled with God at Peniel. Jacob grabbed hold of God, and he told God, he said, I'll not let thee go except thou bless me. Jacob wanted that blessing from God. Jacob was cleaving to the Lord. If the Bible tells us that Hezekiah claved to the Lord, and you can take it to the bank, Hezekiah had a relationship with God. Hezekiah wouldn't have let a day go by in which he didn't spend time with God. How shameful it is that we have, complete, have the completed word of God with us, and still we go days, weeks, months, for some of you, without reading it. How is your relationship with God tonight? I love the quote, if you feel far from God, guess who moved? God said He would never leave us nor forsake us. When you're far from God, it's because you moved. It's so vitally important to read your Bible and to pray. Do you desire to have a strong relationship with the Lord? Obviously, Hezekiah desired that. The Bible says that Hezekiah departed not from following him. He was focused. He didn't let his mind wander from God. His eyes were fixed on the Lord all of his life. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to get sidetracked with what this world has to offer. So many shiny objects in our world. I want to keep my eyes on Christ. We see in verse 7 that Hezekiah prospered whithersoever he went forth. Hezekiah prospered because the Lord was with him mainly. So I ask you tonight, do you want to have a prosperous life? I didn't ask if you want a rich life. I didn't ask if you want the nicest house on the street. You want the nicest car in the driveway, but do you want to live a prosperous life? Turn your Bible to Psalm 37, verse 25. Psalm 37, 25. I would imagine everyone here would raise their hand that they want a prosperous life, but many of us don't want to do what it takes to have a prosperous life in God's eyes. Psalm 37, 25. Bible says, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. A prosperous life. Do you want God to bless you? If you do, you must do what's right in God's sight. You must remove the sin out of your life. You must trust God, and you must cleave unto him and unto him alone. Brother Danny.